Okay, welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast with me, Michael Edelstein, and my co-host, Mick Berry. I'm a rational, emotive behavior therapist with a private practice. And Mick is a premier speaker on REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, which is based on the idea that our emotions don't come directly from situations, but rather our emotions come from our thinking about situations. And when we have disturbed emotions, we have a particular type of thinking that's causing that, and that's thinking not only in preferences, but escalating those preferences into musts, should, supposed tos, and have tos that usually take the form of, I must do well and get approval or else I'm no good. You must treat me well or else you're no good. And my life must go well or it's no good. Today we'll be applying that to uh, friends and enemies. So I'll start with uh, a definition of a friend and enemy and then Rick uh, perhaps you can take it from there. So a friend is a person with whom one has a bond of mutual affection. And an enemy is a person who is actively opposed or hostile to someone. Rick, did you want to add to that? Well, I just, um, I might be uh, redundant here, but I just think of a friend as somebody who supports what you want and wants to help out in having you get what you want, and an enemy is somebody who opposes what you want and will do things to try to prevent you from getting what you want. Yep, yep, I think that's a great addition to that. And uh, if you have an enemy, or even worse, if you're an enemy to someone, that often, not always, includes hostility, feeling hostile, angry, resentful toward them, and those emotions generally come from the must that I mentioned earlier. You must treat me well, kindly, fairly, and considerately. And if you don't, you're no good. Mick, did you want to add to that? Um, no. Okay. And then the solution is to question, challenge, and contradict your must, your should, your demand on this other person you're hostile or angry at, and ask yourself, what is the evidence he or she has to treat me well? What is the evidence they must be kind and thoughtful to me? And the answer is always, there's no evidence for the must. Musts are fictions. They don't exist. Uh, you make them up in your own head. The evidence is it would be highly preferable from your perspective if they treated you better. Yeah, Mick? Yeah, I just say this is much more easily said than done. Understanding it is very important, but often people say, oh, I, I know that intellectually, but I don't really remember it or I don't know it completely. Well, they don't really remember it and know it in a very profound way. In order to change the way we think, it requires continued practice and vigorous emphasis of the rational thinking. And I also wanted to say something about enemies, if that's okay. 
Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So if somebody is opposing what I want, the best way for me to help myself is to stay out of the thinking pattern. How can they be opposing me? They must not oppose me and to have anger towards them. That doesn't help. If I can remember, they're completely free to oppose me. There's no reason that they shouldn't oppose me. They've got their reasons. I don't like it. It's a really rotten situation, but I can deal with this situation. There's no way this situation should not exist. Now, what can I do to attend to things so that I have a much greater chance of getting what I want in this situation that I really do not like? Yeah, very well said. And uh, pragmatically, when you get angry at someone and express that anger, rather than that bringing them closer to you, uh, it normally alienates others and sometimes leads to them getting angry back at you. You shouldn't get angry at me. You have no right to do this. You're an idiot. So uh, that's another problem with anger. In my book, Three Minute Therapy, I have an entire chapter on anger, and it shows you how to diagnose and get over your anger. Mick? Well, and there's a line from If by Rudyard Kipling, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, uh, which is not easy to do. And often when somebody else is being unreasonable, they're the last person who will admit that they're being unreasonable or irrational or demanding or <clears throat> impinging on your goals or that they should not that it's not good for them to impinge upon your goals but if we can steer clear of anger towards our opponents then we have a chance of turning our enemies into our friends which certainly does happen and that generally happens through understanding and understanding happens through communication and that happens through us accepting a difficult situation or accepting if somebody is being difficult with us and not insisting that they not be difficult. But if you can at least allow that somebody else has the freedom to be difficult and <clears throat> that they there's no reason they should not be so difficult, then you can at least meet them in a somewhat of an understanding way and if you can begin to understand them then you have a chance at swaying their viewpoint so that they might start understanding you and you can actually transform your enemies into friends this is not easily done it's not always doable but if it is doable that would be the procedure in which it most likely will occur yeah yeah very good and uh, one of the ways uh to work on uprooting your shoulds and musts that lead you to feel hostile or angry to others is to write them out and uh, write out why your should or must is false. Write out many reasons why your should or must is false, such as, although I prefer Fred or Mary to treat me well, there's no reason they must. I don't like their poor treatment of me but I can stand what I don't like. They're just an imperfect human acting imperfectly, and I can work toward unconditionally accepting them, not necessarily liking them, but accepting them as the imperfect human they are 
and you'll feel much better and uh, your relationship with others who at first were enemies would be improved. And I just want to also say that it's important and useful to remember we do not have to have our enemies become our friends. Sometimes if people are being very difficult, we might do best to not have them in our life. And it's good to uh, be able to recognize that. And generally, you can see when people are prone to making demands upon us or themselves or the world. And those people that have a strong tendency to do that can be very difficult people to have in our lives. Sometimes they're unavoidable. But if we want to pick and choose our friends, uh, people who are accepting rather than demanding generally are easier to hang out with and interact with. Yes, and along with that, it's important to have boundaries. as Mick is saying, you don't have to be friends with everyone. Uh, you don't have unlimited time. So it would be good to decide uh, what your negotiables are and what your non-negotiables are. Negotiables are things uh, that, you're, that are okay or uh, to put up with in a relationship because you're, this person is not perfect, so they're going to do things that you don't care for. And there are non-negotiables. There are th- things that... Uh, that are uh, unacceptable to you in terms of being a friend and uh, you don't want to be friends with them. So that will help you establish boundaries, Mick. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, the term boundaries for me seems kind of in the realm of psychobabble. And by that, I mean just kind of the standard or commonly known phrase that I don't think is very well defined and I don't think really defines things specifically. Let me take a stab at it. I think what most people mean by boundaries is that there are certain things that they want that they don't want to budge on. And so I I would just say that that's generally what people mean by boundaries. Yeah, priorities. Yes, that's another way to look at it. Yeah, and but then also I know that people often use the word boundaries in a demanding way. These are my boundaries. Nobody must violate them. If anybody violates them, they are committing a heinous sin. I've seen that often because the word boundaries are used so much that people think, oh, I'm validated in my use of this and my demanding that nobody cross my boundaries, which is a very self-defeating way to be. Yes, uh, a priority or a boundary could either be preferences or demands. And as you're illustrating, people uh, easily escalate their preferences into demands. And with boundaries or even priorities, they could say, this is my priority and you must not cross the line. So uh, in either case, avoid your musts, avoid your shoulds, and reinforce your preferences. Okay, Mick, uh, any last word? Yeah, I think just with the word boundaries, that has implications of isolation. And when we interact with people, the goal is to not be isolated, but to have a mutual understanding so that we may be as close to them as we'd like to. And if we look at it in terms of preferences or desires, 
then it opens the door for the possibility of being close to another person. Yes, go for preferences and desires. Okay, thanks for your last word, Mick. I think I snuck in one right after you. But uh, <laughs> And thank you, Chris Rossini, for uh, being our able tech engineer. Comment below if you have thoughts about the subject. Give us a thumbs up and a like if you gain from it. Suggest subjects if there's something you'd like us to discuss. Volunteer if you would like to be a guest to discuss something with us on the podcast. That could make it a very interesting. And uh, subscribe to the 3 Minute Therapy podcast to do what, Mick? To stay on the rational side of life. <laughs>